now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is back in business. Join us always by my faithful co-host. We got Chev Anuni. What's up, Chev? What's going on, my man? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Just enjoying the actual lovely Pennsylvania weather over here. Um, you will notice today throughout this episode, the professor Nate Christian is not here. He's reunited with his wife, Anna. But we have a fill-in. He's the man. We got our very own Bob Van Duzer. Bob, welcome back to the pod. How's it going, man? I'm good, but it is hot in Wisconsin this week. It is 85 all week. It's tough to wear a flannel. I'm still doing it though, but thankfully I got the cargo shorts to go with it, so I got some breathing going on. But it's hot up here, man. It's hot. For the record, pre-show, I did say Bob, you could always not wear the flannel, and your response was, "No, can't do it." Sorry. Hey, I will say Bob's flannel and trivia—they're not doing as hot as your weather. I will say that they need some help. They need you to come in and coach them up one game, man. I'll say that I ain't got I ain't got no (laughs) trivia skills to give. But hey, if you ever want to listen to Chef's Trivia or participate in it, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind is the place you need to be to do that. 10% discount for yearly signups. There's no better place to be. But I can tell you one thing, and that is this. There's players that we avoid every year. So we're telling you who we are avoiding in 2023 and who we're targeting instead. So let's get right into it. We're going to start with me. You will have to bear with me. My voice is a little strained today. I was doing yard work yesterday and had a massive allergy flare-up afterwards. So your man Mike is struggling today, but we're getting through it. And to celebrate, I'm avoiding Debo Samuel. Let me tell you why, because Bob asked, kind of, by setting up the show sheet. He's never played a full season in his career, and I feel like we are always going to be chasing the 2021 Debo Samuel, much like NFL teams we're constantly chasing the 2017 Carson Wentz. You saw the glimmer of what could be, and I don't think it happens again. In that season, 77 catches for 1,405 yards and six touchdowns, 59 carries for 365 yards and eight touchdowns. It's going to be hard to see again, given that Brandon Ayuk did emerge last year, 78 catches, 1,015 yards and eight touchdowns. We've got an unstable quarterback room too. So there's a lot of questions. Um, you know, hey, if it's a, I'm staying away from the quarterback room, Maybe we could almost apply it to the wide receiver room in San Francisco as well. It's hard for me to see any one of the quarterbacks in the room supporting two top wide receivers. Has Sam Darnold ever done it in his career that you guys remember? Not that I remember. Two ghosts, maybe. (laughs) Two ghosts. Yeah, exactly. Um, We don't know if Brock Purdy can do it because he was just more of kind of a game manager in the regular season last year. And we haven't seen Trey Lance really at all. So if he wasn't getting air yards... He was getting it done on the ground. Christian McCaffrey's there. It's going to make it hard to get uh, rushing yards with CMC there because why would you give the ball to Debo at CMC? So some massive crybaby still crying over the NFC Championship game loss. Guys, get over it. Okay? Seriously, please. So he's currently going at wide receiver 19, DLF, and wide receiver 27 on keep trade cut. He's also going ahead of his teammate Brandon Ayuk, Traylon Burks, Jerry Judy and Terry McLaurin. Those are wide receivers 28, 24, 17, and 24, respectively. He's costing you a 24 first round pick. So he's not cheap. And I think he could be a declining asset. If you own Debo Samuel, I'm sure you're hoping I'm wrong. I'm going to take Terry McLaurin, wide receiver 24, instead. Let me tell you why. He's steady Eddie. 
he his floor is like a thousand yards, five touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you know how when you put Mike Evans into your lineup, you could pretty you feel pretty good about it, right? Terry McLaurin's in there. He might not be the biggest ceiling guy, but he's going to be steady for you. He's only missed three games in his entire career, too, which is pretty impressive. Um, he appears to be quarterback proof. Washington, they've had the revolving door since he got there. I mean, it was like the Browns. You remember the Browns jersey with all the quarterback names on the back? We could almost start doing that for Washington, too. And over a 1,000 yards every year except his rookie season, which is still a good season. 58 catches for 919 yards and seven touchdowns. You can't complain about that as a rookie. He's got a safe floor. Solid wide receiver, too. And uh, like I said, 1,000 yards, five touchdowns is floor. It's going to be a reliable target for a younger quarterback in Sam Howell. And, you know, you could trade if you have Debo Samuel. You could get him and plus assets. You could trade his value on DLF Straight Analyzer is 369.9. So you could get him or you could give Debo and get McLaurin in the 24 second. That's 339.2. So there's going to be good value there in the second round of next year's draft as well. And you get a very good wide receiver on top of it. So I'm not trusting Debo moving on from him, grabbing some scary Terry Chev. What about you, my friend? Yeah. And I, I chose a guy that I just don't want anymore. A guy that makes me super nervous in fantasy football. And it's going to be Alvin Kamara. This guy in 2023, we have no idea if he'll even be playing this upcoming season. We know a suspension is going to be hitting him at some point. We imagine with everything that's going on with him. And also they added Jamal Williams and Kendrick Miller. And, you know, those two guys are good running backs. Jamal Williams led the league in touchdowns last year. Kendrick Miller is a guy that we loved on the Dynasty Rewind, a guy that can just do it all, a guy that can read holes, and he can he can take it to the crib. So I think Kendrick Miller can do a lot of what Alvin Kamara can do. And, you know, if he does miss some time due to suspension, Kendrick Miller is going to benefit from that. But I just think those two are going to cut into his workload and, you know, those TDs are not going to be the same as he used to be. And, you know, he saw a little degress in his stats as well this last year. You know, expectations for Alvin Kamara, I'm really not expecting him to be an RB1. I mean, he may miss out on being an RB2 this upcoming year just with those guys there and with the suspension looming. I just I just don't see the touches for him in this upcoming season that's going to get him to be the running back that we're used to seeing Alvin Kamara be. And I just don't feel confident in, in what's going on there for him to just get that workload anymore. The running backs I would rather have, I would rather have Joe Mixon and Dalvin Cook at this point. Those are two running backs that are somewhat close in age with him and somewhat close in value. I just think both of those running backs are going to get more opportunity in the run game. It just seems to me that those guys get the get the touches in both atmospheres. They get in receiving and rushing. That's why I think they will outproduce him and just be better for you in 2023. I know Mixon's been an absolute circus this last year in the offseason, but I still think he's going to be a running back there as long as he doesn't get into any more trouble and that no suspensions are given to him. I haven't heard much about that, but Joe Mixon's a guy that I still think has a lot of potential, especially in the Bengals offense. And I just, I just, I don't know. I just do not believe in Alvin Kamara anymore, especially with what they did this last offseason, getting all these running backs. So, you know, the cost for these two running backs, Joe Mixon and Dalvin Cook, you're looking at giving up a second or a late first for either especially with Joe Mixon. It seems like everybody's value has dropped on him last season, even though he was an RB1. And Dalvin Cook was a 
really high end RB two last season. And I don't think it really matters what team he goes to. I think he's still going to hold value. I still think he's going to get work in the passing game. If anything, him going to the bills could help him a little bit. They could get up a lot in games and he could just finish off the game, rushing the football. So those are two guys that I'd rather have than Alvin Kamara in 2023. I think it's important to note too, that you're saying, even though there could be a mix in suspension, the competition isn't there for mixing like it is yeah. for Kamara, right? Yeah, okay. there, there really isn't anybody except Chase Brown at this point. They really didn't do right. much to solidify that running back room, even though we had seen the off the field issues this less last offseason. Yeah, I mean, uh, running back 10 and 11, respectively, for Joe Mixon and Dalvin Cook last year, mm-hmm. so definitely no slouches. Either way, Bob, I'm going to disagree with you on this next one, but I'm going to let you make your case first. Who are you avoiding this year? So this is purely out of the aspect of you're looking for wide receivers you want to go add to your team. Mm-hmm. And the reason I don't want to buy this player, who is Devonta Smith, I think we've seen the peak of his production. I don't see him improving upon what he's what he did last year going forward. I think that, but I think the problem is you're paying that to get him, to have him on your roster. And I'd rather look elsewhere for more potential, spending a little less possibly even, and having that further potential on top of what I think is just going to be a perennial wide receiver too. So I think, like I said, perennial wide receiver too, but he's going to cost you someone like DK Metcalf or Debo Samuel plus a 24 second, which I think a fair amount of people would pay. And I think that's reasonably fair too. I don't think that's a terrible, you know, transition to go get him. I think that's actually pretty reasonable or Jahan Dotson and a 24 first, which I'm not, I'm not going to pay because I like the Jahan Dotson Mm -hmm. quite a bit. And I think with that 24 first, I'm very happy with what I can do with that going forward, looking ahead at that class a little bit. So I don't hate the cost, but if if that's the price I have to pay, I'd rather go and get someone like Jackson Smith and Jigba, a wide receiver, rookie wide receiver, my favorite player in this draft class, even over Bijan, not necessarily the best player grading wise and all the things, but my favorite player, younger option, which in my opinion has more potential to be a wide receiver one in an offense, which doesn't always translate to more fantasy points than a wide receiver two in another offense. They got a new offense coordinator coming to town, Shane Waldron from the Los Angeles Rams after being the passing game coordinator since 2018. And it's rumored that this offense, and it makes sense with the drafting of a very high wide receiver, is going to start transitioning into a lot more three wide receiver sets. And it's easy to draw parallels from the famous three wide receiver set that was Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Brandon Cooks to the projected three wide receiver set in Seattle being Metcalf, Lockett, and JSN. We know JSN loves a slot. Who else loves the slot in that grouping? Cooper Cup. I'm not saying he's going to be Cooper Cup. That's not what I'm saying. But there is a possibility he's featured to the level that Cooper Cup was. And we know that the slot is valuable in fantasy football. People like to diss on it, but the slot is an extremely valuable position in today's NFL, especially the teams that utilize the middle of the field very well. Um, and I'll be able to get in a lot of space, be a PPR magnet and things like that. But Looking at expectations going forward, I'm going to give Devonta Smith the edge this year because I do think that there is somewhat of a transition of JSN just getting acclimated mm-hmm. to the offense. Like you should have the expectation for any rookie. But over time, beyond 2023, I believe we can see JSN rise to not only be the wide receiver one on his own team, but a wide receiver one in fantasy and one we discuss in similar tiers to somebody like Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson next offseason. And if not even higher than those two next offseason, Smith just doesn't have that realistic upside to me. Now, before I go any further, I think that 
Devonta Smith, I'm not, I don't want to seem like I'm trashing the guy. I think if you, if you're interested, I think you're going to be able to get him for a much better price next off season. And I don't know that it's going to be crazy better, but I think the expectation will go from, Oh wow, this can be a wide receiver one in this high powered offense to, okay, he's probably just going to be a wide receiver two in this high powered offense, which is still valuable. But going back to JSN and moving this thing along, if you want JSN, it's going to cost you as it should. The team that just drafted him in their rookie drafts, isn't just going to give him away. Mm-hmm. You're starting with a 24 first and then adding likely one of these sophomore wide receivers from last year, George Pickens, Traylon Burks, Jamison Williams. I'm more than happy moving all any of those with the 24 first to go get JSN. But if I had JSN, I'm not even thinking about those offers. You need somebody like Jahan Dotson with that 24 first for me to even think about it. And that is maybe me being unrealistically high on JSN, but I think those are kind of the prices you're going to have to pay. I think there are a lot of people that are still sleeping on JSN, and I think his value is going to go up pretty quickly. And, you know, like I said, if you're thinking about targeting Devonta Smith, maybe go see what you can do, knock on some doors, see what you can get for JSN, or see what it takes to get JSN instead, because I think long-term, that's going to win out over time. Bob, since my voice is a bit strained, why don't you go ahead and tell the good people about what we got for everybody else? If you could just talk about our 2023 rookie draft guide, please. I would love to. So the best move you can make this offseason, along with, you know, avoiding some players in your dynasty leagues, the best move you could make before your rookie draft is picking up this rookie draft guide. The first ever Dynasty Rewind rookie draft guide. In this guide, you will gain access to our film grades, player insights, and dynasty outlooks for every player and some players that we don't necessarily believe will be fantasy relevant this year and beyond. Additionally, you will get access to several written pieces, such as what you need to know before your draft, draft trends and strategies, rookie sleepers, rookies to draft at your own risk, our hour guys, and a 2024 rookie preview. If you missed Nate this week, you get that in this draft guide to you know make up for your neat fix for the week. And you receive over 70 pages altogether. You receive 70 pages of beautiful content sent right to your phone or computer. And you can check that out today by the link in the show notes description or by just going to payhip.com forward slash dynasty rewind. I'll tell you what, that draft guide is slick. That thing is a beauty. I love just opening it up and just checking out where we were at with guys like Jack Smith and Jigba. Easy turn, turn to the page, and you got some good stuff there. So I, I love what we did. I think it's beautiful. I know I didn't get to draft our draft grade everybody, but man. Too much info in there to not want this. Is it? This is steel. Don't worry. Next year, it's going to be even bigger and better. There you go. Before we move on, Mike, did I do Devonta Smith enough justice for you? Yeah, I get it. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I understand where you're so coming well. from, but I, I love. I mean, I had him pulled up here. If if he's at his ceiling right now, ninety-five catches for one thousand one hundred ninety-six yards and seven touchdowns. I'm gonna. I'm going to be happy with that, to be honest with you. I mean, I love it. It's just the offense has a lot of weapons. So for mm-hmm. him to do that, I think, was pretty impressive. So, um, And I do think that he will be an eagle longer than A.J. Brown will as well. So, you know, High Roseman's pretty loyal to draft picks. They always tend to favor draft picks over free agents or uh, trade acquisitions, however you want to technically label A.J. Brown. So could argue that he was a draft pick. Because they spent the 16th pick to get him. 
Yeah, when they uh when they traded for Jason Peters, they sent a first round pick for him, and then everyone's like, "Well, that was our first round pick for the year." Ha ha ha! I'm like, "Yeah, no, I know we've heard that before." So yes, you could you could argue that, but um, good dealings for everybody. Um, sure. I'm still gonna stick with Devonta Smith, and I'm typically a guy that says no Eagles players because I try to just enjoy the Eagles games in peace. But um, <laughs> I'm still a Smitty fan. Also, some of his nicknames on Pro Football Reference. Nobody, no Eagles fan calls him DVS or the rubber band man. No one calls him that for the rubber band. Awesome. Man. I love, I love yeah. it. That's Never cool. heard him be called that. So, but I could tell you one thing, and that's I'm avoiding Austin Eckler this year. So, this is not a bad thing. Just want to point out there, he was not happy with his contract, but he is staying in LA. I believe he had uh, some incentives added. I don't think mm-hmm. they actually gave him any more guaranteed money. It was just all incentive based. Smart on the Chargers' behalf, in my opinion. It's going to be a free agent after the season and 28 years old. By the way, everyone, stop saying that a player is old at 28. Still a decade younger than me. Um, fun fact on Austin Eckler, he's never rushed for 1,000 yards in his career. He hasn't needed to. Let's be real. He's been so good through the air. He does have 1,200 career touches, so he's seen a lot of work. And while the backs behind him aren't anything special yet, they all they are all Los Angeles Chargers. That still feels weird to say. Draft picks, and that's Joshua Kelly, Isaiah Spiller, and Larry Roundtree. There's other guys. These are the guys of note that will actually get the ball behind Austin Eckler. <clears throat> Pardon me, sorry. So he did finish last season as the running back one. You're going to have to pay accordingly, even though we know the drop off is going to come. If you want to acquire Austin Eckler, you know you have to pay up. Okay, so he's uh, currently running back eleven on both DLF and keep trade cut. And uh, right now, like a fair value for him, I have a 24 first and a third. So I'm looking at the players being taken below him. There's one guy in particular I want, but I just want to mention some other guys that I'd rather have. Uh, and you could get plus value on top of them. There's a bevy of them. Miles Sanders, Damian Pierce, Dalvin Cook, and David Montgomery. They're going to be productive. And like I said, you'll get plus assets. Plus assets. My God. Mostly, I'm looking at Javante Williams. I believe he's being avoided later on, and we'll get into that. Why? Glad you asked. Reports are he's looking good in OTAs to this point. I guess the lucky thing is he got hurt early enough in the year that he's going to be able to make a comeback. Um, and I want a running back that's in a Sean Payton system. I do. He's shown time and time again that his system can support two running backs. You know, We've seen it with Kamara and then just all these other guys like Latavius Murray was relevant. Uh, Mark Ingram was relevant. And by the way, give me all the Greg Dulcich you can as well. Um, I don't think Adam Troutman being... Uh, traded there is going to be a thing so i want to what nothing just joking that you never know i I didn't hear what you said (laughs) i just said never know adam Uh, maybe a thing uh, yeah i mean i don't think so i'm just kidding it's always possible but let's hope it's not (laughs) happening um so looking at some of the aging running backs that finished his running back ones last year okay i think Javante Williams can make a push if healthy because we could see guys like Aaron Jones, Tony Pollard, Jamal Williams, Joe Mixon, and Dalvin Cook. They could all taper off a little bit, and that's going to allow him to move up the ranks. You could get Javante Williams for a single 24 first. He's coming off an injury, yes, but I'd rather put my faith in a younger running back than in a guy like Austin Eckler. Also, Sean, what are you saying here? Mike avoiding a not-so-good tight end, never going to happen. That's rude, man. Damn. I was... I was not as high on Adam Troutman as other people were. All right. For the record, Chev can attest to that fact. 
Facts. Yeah. Chev knows. Now, Bob is going to crap all over what I just said. That's fine. Go ahead. Who are you avoiding? Yeah. So I'm I'm not only avoiding the player that you said you'd rather target in the last segment. I'm avoiding Javante Williams and Brees Hall, both for similar reasons. Now, we have enough of a track record of running backs coming back from ACL tears that just don't pan out. It's a very short list of the ones that have. It's Adrian Peterson, and I believe Jamal Charles is the other one that have bounced back year one after an ACL tear. Everybody else has been dog water the following year, or at least significantly worse than they were previously before the injury. So if you want to talk about like long-term plans, like you're not trying to compete in 23, you're looking at 24, and you want to possibly buy low on some of these guys now, I think there's a discussion to be had. But if, let's say, you were looking at Austin Eckler or a running back that's going to help you this year, I'd much rather look elsewhere because I don't trust Javante, especially because there was a lot of um, mm-hmm. fa- fairly well documented, but probably not well enough documented press that there was like nerve damage and rough, you know, rough healing and things like that. That um, similar to how J.K. Dobbins had with his injury, you know, that there was more than just the one ACL ligament. Young, by the way, just want to throw that out there. <laughs> that that there was more than just the ACL tear that was involved there were other ligaments in there and things like that so there's a lot more damage there and i think he's much more susceptible to being less than good this year so mm-hmm. we have enough of that track record but i'm still just avoiding adding these guys and, and i put this on here because i saw you said you'd rather have javante williams and i'm like can't let that slide sorry mike so with Brees Hall, you're still paying top flight prices to acquire him, and I don't think you'll see a return on that investment this season. I'd rather wait for the down year dip and buy later. Right now he's costing you Chris Olave or multiple first-round picks. Just can't do it. Just don't want to do it. Uh, whereas Javante, significantly cheaper, makes a little more sense, I guess, hasn't been. Didn't pop off enough, I think, for people to realize, like, hey, this guy is good in the NFL, but he was still running back two and three a good part of the offseason last year. So you're paying a future first for him. You're right on with that cost. Or Traylon Burks is somebody else who's in that similar wheelhouse. You know, don't hate the cost, but the expectation for this year is low for me. So I would rather have for Brees Hall, if I'm paying the same price, just about 90 points this year, why not go after Jonathan Taylor? That's I'd much rather be involved in that offense, a significant workload coming his way. That offense is going to be powered around the run because I don't know that Anthony Richardson is going to be developed enough to be a passer yet. So they're going to have to lean on the run. And then, you know, if I might, if I let me learn how to talk again, (laughs) as opposed, as opposed to Javante Williams, I might have to pay a little bit more than I would for Javante, but I'm more willing to do so to add Ramondre Stevenson to my competitive roster. Another guy who I think is going to get significant workload prove that he can be involved in the run and the pass, catching 69 passes last year. Nice. The most on his team for the record. Both of these running backs locked into featured roles in their respective backfields on teams that will more likely favor the run game this year because their passing attacks probably just don't have it this year. It happens. Um, For expectation, both of these running backs are all but locked into running back one levels of production, in my opinion. Where they land on that chart, I think RB12 is like the floor for both of these guys. I think Jonathan Taylor with his volume and skill set can probably be a top five from Andre. I think top eight isn't anywhere near out of the question, especially in PPR leagues where he has a significantly higher ceiling. 
cost for these guys. If you're going to go get Jonathan Taylor at Superflex, you're paying a 24 first plus Debo Samuel or someone like Travis Etienne more than happy paying that price. I think Jonathan Taylor is a little easier to acquire than he probably should be right now. I don't think you're buying low, but I think he's accessible after an injury last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for Ramondre, you're paying that same 24 first. You could that you were going to go pay for Javante to go get Ramondre, or you're paying Michael Pittman or Debo Samuel. So trade out your wide receiver for an upgrade at running back. Those are all just fair aligned values and moves I'm making to go try to get these players on my rosters at better value. And like I said, avoid that ACL follow-up year because every year we have enough evidence now. And I think we're just going to keep mounting evidence that these players are not going to be good the year after, especially when Javante, I can like a little bit more than Brees Hall because you are already paying a significant dip in his value. Whereas Brees Hall, you're still paying astronomical numbers. You're paying numbers like he's going to be the running back two this year. Can't do it. Won't do it. Go buy smarter, not harder. Make these smart moves in the offseason. Avoid silly injuries. Just avoid it when they're there, when the documentation's there. Follow the history a little bit. I think it's just a, I think it's just a little easier too for these guys to take it slow coming back as well. Like the league is gone and switched it up to where you have two or three running backs now that you can trust. So you don't have to play these guys every second. Now I think it's a little different with these ACLs. Like I don't want, I'm not, my expectations for anybody that has ACL tear, I don't really care what you're going to do the next season. I know that that season is not going to be great, but I have to know that after that season, things are going to go up. I'm going to be very excited about them then. But after that ACL tear, you cannot expect anything great because We've seen it multiple times where the other leg, the hamstring, something that's been helping out that ACL that has been re- getting rehabilitated. Like it just comes up. It's just an injury that re- reoccurs, reoccurs. And then after that year, you see them start to get better and better. So that's where I'm at with it too. I, I just feel like it's hard to put high expectations on these guys after coming off such a serious injury like this, even though it's easier to come back from now because all the medicine and whatnot, but you cannot expect these guys to just go crazy in 2023, in my opinion. Yeah. Bob, do you really think that Keishon Boutte, <laughs> Demario <laughs> Douglas, and Tyquan Thornton are going to let Ramondre Stevenson yep. catch 69 passes again? Juju, 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 too. Juju, and I still there. think it's I still think it's possible he gets Matthew Slater is going to get his too. I mean, I don't don't knock. You know what I mean? By the way, in uh, the Rewind Crew League. I drafted Mac Jones and Dan texted me that I was the C word for drafting Mac Jones when he wanted him. Oh, it's okay. I was, I was going to take Australian. Him too. He's allowed to. <laughs> That's rough. He's rough. Dan. I, I realized don't take a personal when it's Dan. He's just he's Dan being Dan. If you, if you want to hang out with Dan, patreon.com forward slash dynasty rewind. He will always respond to your DMS. I'll give you a phone number if you sign up for Patreon. Chev, Ooh. close this show out for us. Who are you avoiding? It seems like Dan goes to Disney a lot too, so he could be a good friend to have if you have his Every number. Year. I'm just yeah, that's pretty nice. Nuts. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, what are we paying Dan that he's going to Disney every year? Like, I got to look into this this payout. You, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, I know Disney's expensive, so I don't know, but good for him. But good uh, for Chev. Dan. You're avoiding Disney, I'm assuming. And what player are you avoiding? Yeah, I'm going Hawaii over Disney here. No, it's going to be Kenneth Walker. I actually really like Kenneth Walker. I loved where he went last season. 
Now, the tough part is that they add Zach Charbonnet in the second round. Then they go out and add JSN. I mean, that really, really hurts me with his production, in my opinion. Zach Charbonnet is going to come in. He's going to do a lot in that offense, I think. I think in the red zone, he could be a pounder in there. And also, I think he's going to be a guy in the passing game that takes over a little bit of that responsibility there, too, because he is a good pass blocker, and he's a good receiver out of the backfield. So I think that really hurts Kenneth Walker's stock to start off. Just those two guys alone have been great. And, you know, you still got DK Metcalf. You have Tyler Lockett. There's still plenty of good wide receiver grouping there as well. So I think that really hurts Kenneth Walker's stock this upcoming year. There's just a lot of mouse to feed in that offense. And I think Zach Charbonnet is going to cut into his production this upcoming year. If you want Kenneth Walker, you have to give up two first to get him. I don't think I've seen anything less than that at this point. Maybe you can get him for a first and a second, but I, I just see two firsts in a lot of the trades that I've been looking at. You know, I still think he'll have a decent season. Last year, I believe he finished as like RB18, which is, it's all right. It's not great, but RB18 is fine. I, I think I see him in the same area this upcoming year from 17 to 24, somewhere in that range, just because of all the production that he might lose with these guys coming in. And I just don't know what he's going to get in the receiving world. I just don't. They didn't like throwing to him in the first place. He didn't have a whole lot of receptions going into the end of this year. I know he had a few games with touchdowns and a lot of touches where he had 23 touches, I believe, in three of the last four games, but there was no receiving work, it didn't seem like. So I would rather have Najee Harris this upcoming year. Last offseason, got hurt literally the first padded practice, and then his foot was just all janky with the Liz Frank sprain. It was not good. I think somebody said he had a screw in his foot as well. So it must have just been a painful first few weeks of the season. And he he did not look like himself. But in 2023, I have hope. They beefed up the O-line that was just miserable last year. Kenny Pickett, Mike's boy, should be a little more comfortable in this offense now. There's plenty of weapons on the outside, too, to open up lanes in the running game. He's going to have more touches as well than Kenneth Walker rushing alone. And I think... We could see uh, Najee come back again this upcoming year and get 50 receptions. I know last year he didn't hit that, but I believe he had 70-plus in his first season in the NFL. I think we'll get back to seeing Najee getting the football a lot in that offense, and I think that's going to be why I really want him over Kenneth Walker at this point for 2023 because Najee's going to get that workload, and I'm not sure Kenneth Walker is going to get that entire workload in that offense So that's why I'm kind of staying away from Kenneth Walker and going with Najee here. I expect Najee to return to be an RB1. Like I said, he's going to catch more than 50 passes. That puts you in a good spot. Look at Ramondre Stevenson. We just talked about him. Had 60-plus receptions last year, top 10 running back. It's easy to get into that zone if you can rush the football for 1,000 yards, which Najee can do, and he can get those 50 catches. It's, It's very easy to get there once you can get those receptions in these offenses. And you can get him for a single first at this point. Everybody's down on Najee thinking he had a bad year. But at the end of the season, Najee was a different running back. Najee was making plays. Najee looked better. He, was, he didn't look like he was super injured at the end of the year. Hopefully he can be in a good spot this upcoming year and stay injury-free for 2023. Chev's right, by the way. Kenneth Walker last year, 27 catches for 165 yards. Goose egg in the touchdown column, whereas Najee Harris 
in what we think was a down year, 41 catches for 229 yards and three touchdowns. So we don't really think of Najee Harris as a receiving back per se, but if you're in a PPR format, there's 41 extra points right off the rip, just on receptions. So definitely a good thing to have 74 catches his rookie season. So he can do it. And I will also, also take Najee over Kenneth Walker, by the way. So, um, that is going to be it for us. We're avoiding players. We're telling you why, and we're telling you who to get to. We're not just saying stay away. That's not how we operate. But I can tell you one thing you don't want to stay away from. Patreon.com forward slash Dinosaur Rewind. Come hang out with all of us. Hang out with Dan. He'll invite you to Disney. Seek Geek if you're going to a game or a Taylor Swift concert. Find tickets. Use promo code Dinosaur Rewind for $20 off your first purchase. Um, hand out. Oh, my God. Long day, everyone. Head on over to Underdog Fantasy. Play some best ball with Dan or Chev or Bob, maybe. Bob will play some best ball with you. Use promo code Rewind for a 100% match on your first deposit up to $100. And until next time, everyone, for Chev and Bob, I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Be kind. Please rewind. Thanks for listening. Oh,